still party today, right? As everybody makes their way in, we just want to welcome you guys. We're so excited to worship with you. I always love having fun. I always tell you guys. Is anybody out there feeling alive? No pun intended. Well, you guys know this one, so we'll sing it out with me. Here we go. Sing it. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm sitting Saving the Savior's hands You are more than my words can say I'll follow you over all my days Makes my eyes follow me in your ways Forever free and I'll Come on, sing it out You are, you are, you are my freedom We lift you higher, lift you higher You love, you love In the midst, in the midst of the darkest night, let your love be the shining light, breaking chains that were holding me. You set your shine down and set me free. That everything of this world will fade. I'm resting on till I see your face. I will live. I will live that your will be done. I won't stop. You are my freedom We lift you higher Lift you higher Your love, your love, your love Never ending Oh, oh, oh Sing it out You are alive in us Nothing can take your place You are You are all we need Your love has set us free You are alive You are alive in us. Nothing can take your 
people in the room with us. I think we're going to go to the bridge again. Put your hands together. Sing it out. You are, you are, you are my freedom. Come on, have some fun, even if you're clapping off beat. It changes environments. It changes lives. Man, God is just, ugh. You know, this week, today is Palm Sunday, and we're celebrating and we reflect on the choice that Jesus made. He chose not to go in a way that, you know, was something that he wasn't expecting or prepared for or didn't want to do. He chose it. And when we sing the song, you are my freedom, those words, man, you are alive in us. He is alive. The spirit is alive. The word of God is alive in us. You know, this week, I was just having some quiet time with God and just singing this song and you know we sing this song a lot and the song has the heart of when we lay our troubles down at the feet of Jesus when we cast our cares on him that he's right there he knows what's best for us he knows the outcome of our situation and all we have to do is give it to him and as I as I was singing this to him he just began to work on my heart and he started to, to bring things to my mind. And I just started to write him down and I started to sing them back to him. And when I looked at those words later, I realized that he gave me his words. He gave me the word of God. And there is something that happens when you sing the word of God, when you speak the word of God, the power of God that comes from you, that is connected to God himself through the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did. When we speak something, 
it comes alive. And like I said, when we, when we sing this song and we're thinking about casting our cares on him, how powerful would it be if we spoke his words back to him? Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. John 14, 27 says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I thought, how powerful, how powerful that God would give something to me that was his, his words, his truth, that when I speak it back to him, it becomes true because he said it already. So when we speak what he says, it comes to life. So I'm just going to teach you the little verse that he gave to me. And it's just a simple little line, but it's everything that's in the word of God. And there's power in that. Amen. It goes like this. I will seek you first. I will stand upon your word. I will not be shaken. No, I will not be afraid. I will seek you first. I will stand upon your word. I will not be shaken. Even if you just speak those words out, you didn't have to sing it, just say, I will seek you first. I will stand upon your word. I will not be Come on, encourage yourself in his words today. Sing it again. I will seek you first. I will stand upon your word. I will not be shaken. No, I. Come on, do you feel that rising in you? Sing. I will seek you first. I will stand upon your word. I will not be shaken. No, I. Will One more time. Sing it out. Now we're going to sing this today. Sing, I am so in love with you. There is no one else for me. I am so in love with you. the words I lean I lean my 
over your situation, over your life today.
in awe of your presence right now. God, that your presence would meet us in this cafeteria today. God, thank you for just overcoming God for us. every single struggle, God, that we have had, God, for the struggles today, God, for the struggles tomorrow and to come, God. That's what this season is about, God, to remember, God, that you have already overcome for us. And God, even the things that you have not overcome for us, in your timing, you will. I thank you, God, that what this song says that that um, my sin was great, but his love was greater. I just want you guys to think about that, especially in this Easter season. And that, I mean, I don't know about you, but my sin can be pretty great sometimes. But no matter what, he says his love is greater. His love's going to overcome every bit of whatever you've gone through or you're going through or what's to come. So let's just sing that one more time. And Marcy, thank you so much for leading us in worship. So amazing. Let's just sing one more time, Marcy. What a beautiful name it is. And let's think of that as we sing it and let's mean it.
God. We just call on you wherever we're at right now, God, wherever we're at in our lives, God, standing, standing here, God, in this service, because you are here. So we don't have to do this out loud, God, but we can do it. We can do it for ourselves. So wherever we're at right now, God, we just call on you, God, and we just ask that you meet us where we're at, God, that we would experience your love, God, wherever and whatever situation is going on, God, that we would feel, God, that you have overcome for us, God, that we don't need to take it on our own, that we don't need to make it right, that we don't need to to just take it into our own hands, God, but that you have overcome for us. So today, God, we thank you for that. We thank you in advance, God. We thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. And if the guys will just come up, and uh, we'll get ready for offering. And um, if you don't have any plans after church today, we're going to be filling Easter eggs, about 14,400 to be exact. Um, So (laughs) we need your help. We have a lot of candy. We have a lot of... Um, animal crackers and goldfish for the infants. So we want your help. And um, the youth is actually selling dinner, uh, sorry, lunch, whatever time we're at. They're selling food outside. And so you don't even have to leave if you don't want to. Um, You can help us tear down and then we'll be filling eggs for our Easter service next week. Don't miss it. Don't be late next week. You're going to love it. So make sure to be here before 1030. Bring your family, bring your friends, bring everybody you know, <laughs> if they'll come. It'll be awesome. And um, and you guys come too. Come early if you want to and help us and pray over this place. We're just excited and expecting God to move in, in people's lives as they come from our community because that's what we're all about, right? We want to reach out to our community. And so we'll have service at 1030 and the Easter egg hunt at 1230 next week. So we'll just pray real quick over the offering and get going. Thank you, Jesus, so much once again just for meeting us here, God, that you always do, God. So thank you. And we just pray right now um, for the offering and every person here, God, that you would bless what they're able to give and even what they can't give and that you would just go before them as they give. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Man, I don't know how... They, that worship was amazing. Thank you, Marcy. That was so good. Give them a hand. Not a golf clap. Come on, raise it up a little bit. Raise up the energy. Ooh, that's loud. I like that. Good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to Hill City. My name is John. If you are new or newer, uh, please check out our guest center, and it's just a perfect place to go for information, get connected, uh, get uh, connected to a group. Uh, one of our core values here is, has always been finding family. We really believe, we honestly believe life is better together. Life is. Life is better together, guys. Don't do it alone. Church is not a place that we go. Church is a family. Hey, Karen. Uh, good to see you. And uh, it's a place to be known and to know. Just remember that. It's not just about you to be known it's, to, it's for you to know people in a deep and meaningful way to do life. And if, so if you have your Bibles today or your phones, please turn to Mark chapter 9. All right? We celebrate the Word of God. We believe it reveals Jesus. And that's the only reason we celebrate it. And Jesus changes our lives. Amen? All right. That's what we say amen as Christians. And it's just like a repeat after me. I don't know why we do that. But I like it. It makes me feel better. All right? Amen? No, just kidding. 
<laughs> we are on the sermon series, Meet Jesus, and we've been on this for 24 weeks. Pretty incredible. And, and we're just relearning who Jesus is, what he did, and what it means to follow him. I think those things are very important to know who Jesus is. We can learn about all sorts of things, but I want you to know who Jesus is, what he did, and what he's continuing to do in your life and in my life. And so um, make sure we uh, continue to follow him. Next week is Easter. Please be here. Please pray. Please pray for our community. Please pray for our egg hunt. And just uh, just be here. Be here. Invite some people. Fill this place. And, and uh, just let's honor God the best way. I, I know that people are super open during Easter time to come to church and to hear the message. And, and I, I believe that this is our time to step out of ourselves and invite them to Easter and the egg hunt. Um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to get uh, Eli here, and he's going to read some verses. Give Eli a hand, and he's going to read some verses. He's been actually, Eli had, had a project, and that he could follow, he could, he could uh, follow someone and see what they do, and he chose to follow me, which is interesting. And uh, so he drank a lot of coffee and spent a lot of time in the library and all over driving, a lot of driving. Uh, but it had a good time, but he's going to read these verses, and so uh, here you go, Eli. Okay, <clears throat> so here we have Mark 30 through, or Mark 9, 30 through 37. They went on from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him, and they came to Capernaum, Capernaum, I can pronunciation, trust me. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last, and the last of all, and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in the name, in my name, receives me, and whoever receives me, receives not me, but in him who, but him who sent me. Right. That's God's word. That's God's word. Who in here is competitive? Anyone competitive in here? Right? Like, I am super competitive. Like, that's why I haven't played any church sports for a very long time, but I'm better now. I've, I'm a recovering competitive person who starts screaming at church sports. I told you stories about how I get, try to get into fights during church basketball league. <laughs> Candace knows. She's like, I'm better now, guys. Totally different person. No, I'm pretty close. I'm better, though. I am better. Uh, but I'm, I'm competitive about everything. If we're driving to a place, I want to beat you there for no reason at all, right? I play Monday night men's basketball. It's like middle-aged basketball. Now you, uh, you know, you're, you're younger. There's younger people. Uh, but I'm, you know, we lined up one time from oldest to the youngest. And I was on the oldest side. I was like, dang. <laughs> but Q was above me. So I was like, yes. <laughs> right? But a bunch of you guys, we play basketball together. It's like a great time on Monday, and you guys are always invited to that. But I'm, I hate losing. Everything for me, it doesn't matter what we're doing. If it's egg filling, I want to fill more eggs than you, 
right? If it's eating, I want to eat more than you. And whatever it is, I want to win, and it's just in me. And, and it's interesting because all of us have something in us, right? If we, we, you can sense it when you were in school to now. You could be, no, no matter what the age, we want to be recognized by others. Isn't that true? We like the recognition of by others. And just look at Facebook, right, or Instagram. We fill them with highlights of our life. We're like, we, we don't fill them with like, I, I did 10 hours of homework today. No, we fill it with like, hey, guess where I am? Jamaica. You're not in Jamaica, right? Guess, guess what I'm doing? I'm in Disneyland. You're not in Disneyland. It's, it's just like, just like, just one-uppers, right? We, we, oh, we wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say it's one-upping. And, and, and it's interesting because we put the best photo. How many taken a selfie before and it took like 12 shots? And you're like, none of those work. They're not going up. No, none of you, just me? Just kidding. That double chin's not going to work. You got to get that camera a little higher, right? None of this, none of this, right? You, you, it's up here, guys, up here. Fully stretched shoulder, right? Fully stretched shoulder. And, and it's funny because we want to put our best foot forward. We want highlights. We want to wow people. We love the recognition. We love being admired. We love other people's attention in certain ways. It might be not full attention, but we want them to know how cool we are, how good we are, right? And, and, and it's funny. That's why we wear other people's names on our backs and on, on our shirts. You ever notice? It's like, it says like Nike or Armani. You're like, yeah, it's Armani. It was cheap, $70, right? It's, it's funny. We wear people's name on our bodies. I, I, this is funny, and I apologize if you have this. People tattoo logos on their bodies. And I was like, that's crazy. I won't call anyone out, but they do. Right? Just to, just to let you know, like, I'm like this. I, I, this is how I roll, right? This is, uh, it, it's funny. We have people's names on our backs, on our shirts, on our purses, on, on our luggage. You know, I have expensive luggage. You know, it was a gift. It was a gift. We make these kind of like, uh, these fake humility kind of, you know, comments like, oh, it's, it's not anything big. I paid $400 for that. It's nothing. It's nothing. But it, it's interesting because we love being in this group or this class of people that's a little higher, you know, oh, that's just who I am. And we, that, that's just how I roll. And, 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 and that's how we do. I do it too, right? You guys, who, who's, who's Nike? Only wears Nike. Right there, all over. Uh, anyone? Adidas? No, some, some, some Adidas, Reebok, any Reebok, right? Some, uh, see, we, we got, we love brands. They got us. They know how to do it. Caleb, Apple. Uh, I only, I, I, I'm only an Apple guy, all right? Oh, your computer's a PC. It's a piece of junk, right? It, 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 this is how we roll. This is how we roll. We want to be a part of the club and feel greater. And some of you are like, not me. I don't care, John. I do the opposite. I'm so different, Right? which can be the same thing with the same desire. Isn't it funny? People are like, I'm so different. And then all these different people are wearing the same thing. You're like, uh-huh. I'm so different. I, you know, it, it was different back in the day to dress like a hipster, right? It's not different anymore. You look like everyone else. So it makes me laugh. Skinny jeans used to be different. Women used to wear them. Now everyone wears them, right? So it, it goes back and forth and things change. But it's interesting. Interesting because we all desire greatness. We all desire significance. We do. I don't care if you say you don't. You do. You do. You want to be known. 
but it, it's not enough. It's just not enough. Listen, we get it twisted, but following Jesus, it's not about rejecting greatness, but pursuing true and lasting greatness that comes from God. So I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right in, all right? Heavenly Father, speak to us today, God, about our own hearts. And I pray you can dig away and we open up our hearts so you can dig at the things that have control over us, the things that have a word over us, the thing that we identify with. And we set it free, Lord God, so that we are bound by nothing, no man, no person, no attachment, so that we can hold on to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So the message today is called Descending Into Greatness. Say that with me. Descending Into Greatness. So in this, in this chapter, in this, in, from verse 30 to 37, Jesus and his disciples, they are trying to hide, really. They're moving through Galilee. They're trying to hide secretly. Jesus is done with his public ministry, all right? There was a moment a couple weeks ago we talked, Jesus was done. He's like, I'm done ministering publicly, and I'm going to just focus on these 12 guys. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to prepare them. I'm going to prepare my students, teach them how to live, show them that I'm the Messiah, and prepare them for his cross and our mission, and our mission in this room today right? And, and he's saying, and these guys, they still don't get it. If you read this, they said they still did not understand what Jesus was talking about. And many times we could be in the room, we could hear the message, we can read these verses. If you were here last week about the prodigal son and you found out the whole message about the prodigal son was really about the older brother and not the younger brother, you're like, really? Did you know that? Wasn't that interesting that it was about the older brother? The, your whole life you thought the prodigal son was the younger brother. But he's the only one that came in home. The other one stayed out. And you're like, eh? Someone told me that wrong, right? I thought it, 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 that's happened a lot in our walk with God as we read this, these words. And this is what's going on. The disciples are with Jesus, but they don't get it. They think he's going to be king. They think he's going to rule and free the Jews from Roman oppression and to the set up the kingdom of God. So every time Jesus talks about this kingdom of God, they're like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then he talks about dying and suffering, and they're like, oh, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, right? So verse uh, 32 to 34, it says, but they didn't understand what he was saying. They were afraid to ask him because last time Peter asked him, he got blasted, right, and called Satan. So they're like, I'm not going to ask him nothing, right? Verse 33, and they came to Capernaum, and when they saw that the, uh, they were in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? Jesus knew what they were discussing. Verse 34, but they kept silent, for on the way they were arguing about who would be the greatest, Right? You ever argue about something dumb, and then you look back, and then people ask you, what, do you, what were you arguing about? You're like, nothing, because it was so dumb. I was arguing about, like, husbands and wives know this. We argue about dumb stuff, right? And some of our biggest arguments are the dumbest arguments ever, right? And you're like, uh, it could be anything, like color, what, what you're wearing, like hairstyles, what food. Oh, where do you want to go to the restaurant? Is that, that, don't even ask that question. Like, give three options and go from there. You want to ask, like, you want to ask wide open, where do you want to go eat? Mistake number 10, right? <laughs> Don't ask that question. It's already bad. I can't, I can't tell you how many arguments Candace and I have had over where we're going to eat. I want to go home. No, right? I'm going to Chipotle. I hate Chipotle. And I always want Asian food. She's like, I don't want Asian food. So I was like, you don't like Asians? Right? They make 60% of the world's population. How can you not like 60% of the world's food, right? 
You cannot say I don't like Asian food. There's a lot of Asians out there. But she says I don't like Asian food still. And we still argue about that. 60% of the world, folks. 60% of the world. More than 50%. Right? But this is what's going on. They're arguing about dumb stuff because the disciples had their own plan. It was about them. They thought that Jesus would become king and they would pull him out of obscurity and poverty and they would rank him. He's like, you ever, you remember when as a kid we would play like battle and then we're like, I'm a, a colonel. And you're like, I'm a general. Then I'd be like, I'm a 10-star general. You're just like one-upping each other. And this is what's going on in a, in a weird way. The disciples like, I can't wait to see how awesome I rank in the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus is like, just, just silly stuff, just silly talk. But since, uh, you know, we, we, we do this in our own life, right? We rank ourselves in weird ways. And, 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 and we, I, know, I know it sounds silly, but, you know, we do this. We, we, we can even do this. God, since I've been to church for a while, I, I came three weeks this month. I've been good. And give me a raise at work, please, Lord because I've been good. Have you ever done weird stuff like that? Even though you're a horrible employee and you've been party for like the last five weeks and you take really long breaks, right? And, and then you were like, God, but I'm a friend of God. Those Christians drive me nuts, man. I'm like, I'm like, that is, that is like, don't, don't, don't even tell anyone. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm just like, it's nuts. Like, I love the Lord. Yeah, you gossip all the time. Like, shut your hole, right? You, you, it, it's like, but that's how we do. That's how we do. I, we're trying to trade, trade things with God, right? And, and this is the same situation. Jesus knows the situation, and he says, what are you talking about, guys? Bec and, and, and of course, dead silence. Nothing. Nothing. Because they're tr trying to explain it. Sounds petty. It sounds silly. It's embarrassing. And, and, and so, yet Jesus doesn't say, you idiots. I can't believe that's what you're talking about. Actually, he starts to encourage to push for greatness. That's interesting, right? But he redirects their focus. Mark 9, 35, it says, he sat down and called the 12 and said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last and the servant of all. Everyone wants, every one of, every one of us wants to be great. We do. If you play sports, you want to be a great sport player. If you, if you uh, make money, you want to make the most. If you, we all want to be great. If, we, if we're looking hot today, we want to be the hottest in the room, right? We, we do. We want to be great. And God created us with this urge, this need to be great, made in his image, made with significance, with a desire for greatness. Your desire for greatness is God-given, right? But sin perverted this desire and twisted the desire for things. For up on, you put it on people. You put it on achievement, sex, power, religion, control. But it's never going to be enough. Our search for this greatness is never enough, and you can search for it, and you can, uh, you can find some. You, you know when you have, like, the 70-inch TV at home, you're like, there's an 80-inch TV, right? I, I would like that. You, you, you buy a nice car, you're like, there's a nicer car. You know, I, I really like that car. There's always more to get. There's oh, this desire. It cannot fill your soul, always needing more. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And listen to this by C.S. Lewis, and I love this. This is so deep. This is so deep. I want you to hear it. He says this, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next person. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good-looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better-looking than others. It's the comparison that makes you proud, 
the pleasure of being above the rest. If I'm a proud man, then as long as there is one man in the whole world more powerful, richer, cleverer than I, he is my rival and my enemy. In God, you come up against something that is in every respect immeasurable superior to yourself unless you know God as that and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison. You do not know God at all. I was like, dang, that was good. The comparison trap he's talking about. It's not about having more. It's about having more-er, right? Just a little more-er. I want to be a little more-er than you, Paul. I want to be a little more-er than you, Richard, right? It's, a, it's being better, right? Greater, rich-er, skinny-er. I'm skinny, but I'm not that skinny. I, I have a friend who's just ripped out, right? He's just, he's just, just this monster. And I, and I ask him, well, do you think you're fat? And he has a six-pack. He's like, yeah, I need to lose some weight. I'm like, you suck, dude. I was like, why would you say that? But in, in, your, in our minds, we need a little more er, right? If we're never there. There's just a little more er. In, no matter who you are, no matter where you get to, there's more er left for you to accomplish. It's never enough. The void cannot be filled by anything outside of God himself. And that's what this C.S. Lewis was writing. Jesus is trying to tell us the same thing. The pursuit of greatness outside of God is exhausting. And most times we're not aware. We're actually unconsciously seeking more and more and more. And the, the more we seek, the more complicated it gets, right? The more things that you're involved in, the more you're seeking after, the more things that you need in your life, your life gets more complicated. And you think the er is actually fulfilling you, but it's actually sucking the life out of you. Interesting, right? Because it's, it, that's, how it, it, that's how it's in us. And you might say, John, I don't care. I don't need accolades until you don't get that promotion and Pete gets that promotion. You're like, Pete, Pete's not a hard worker. I'm a hard worker, right? You're like, I don't need that. Though. I don't need it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Pete can get that promotion even though he's an awful worker, right? Uh, and, 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 and then or, you, or your kids embarrassed you in public in front of a perfect patty, right? Like that one mom who has everything together. And your kids embarrass you. You're like, oh, my kids are normally not like this. They're always like that, right? We, we, we say some crazy stuff because they're kids. They're kids. Or, 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 you, or when you serve people and they don't thank you, they, they didn't thank me. Don't they see what I did? Or, or I talked about it. Or you take that perfect selfie and you put the best filter. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, uh, Hudson, it was, it, was, it was right on, right? It was just this Nashville filter that was just perfect on Instagram. And now you look back and no one's liking it. You're like, what's going on? I mean, I, no one likes that Nashville filter. I, I better change out the filter because it ain't, you know, it's so weird. I know you don't think like that, but, you, you know, but, but Jesus is saying, listen, I'm a servant. You, you, I'm a servant of all. A servant. I want you to be a servant of all. And we're like, Jesus, I am a servant of all. Bless the Lord. But who are you when no one is seeing you, watching what you're doing? Who are you when no one is giving accolades? Because the truth is, all of us at some point have thought, they don't appreciate me. They don't know how much I do, how much I give, how important I am. I deserve more. I demand more, right? I'm better than this. Have you ever said weird things to yourself, but you don't really want to say it out loud because it's petty, right? But you say it internally, I demand more. I deserve better. And all of a sudden, when you hear yourself say stuff like that, you better realize 
you're longing for the applause of people. And you don't really, it's not, your focus is not what you're doing. Your focus is what you can get out of the applause for your own greatness, your attaboys. And listen, this kind of greatness, Jesus is saying, will always let you down. It will suck the life out of you. It is exhausting. It does me. There's moments I'm like, man, that sermon was so good. That was so good. Let me see how many people shared it. Two? 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 Uh, then I double share it and then erase the last share. You don't do that? No, that's just me? Let's see. Let's see if they share this one. And I even wrote a better line on this one. Like, way more godlier. <laughs> then you get like one share. You're like, bring the last one back, but I deleted it. Right? It, it's so funny that this is how it works, right? This is how it works. Uh, it, it, it's, it's so funny. I want someone to say, John. You share that message, and it fixed my marriage. I will never watch a rated R movie again unless it's about Jesus, right? You are the best Korean pastor in all of Thornton. I'm the only one, but I'll take it, right? I'll take it. But I'm like, God, don't they know how hard I worked? I stayed up all night. I thought about this, and, 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 and then you think to yourself out loud, and you're like, that is dumb. Shut your mouth, John, right? And Jesus is not trying to crush that desire, but to satisfy it. Mark 9, 36, 37, he took a child, put, it in his, put him in his arms in the midst of them, and taking him into his arms, he said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me does not, receives the one who sent me. The one who sent me. Okay, you want to just hold your child up? Yeah. Uh, Lion King, right? I'm just kidding. I was just thinking, what, besides being super cute, Ridge, what do you do for your parents? Yeah, like, do you do accounting? Is that a no? Like, do you clean the room? That is also a no. I think I'm getting the silent treatment. Anything else? Like Jesus is holding this child in his arms. He's like, you need to serve this child. And what he's trying to show us, he's like, you, you need to serve. Thank you very much. Give Ridge a hand. It's like, what's going on? He's the best Korean pastor in all of Thornton. Thank you, Ridge. Thank you, Ridge. But when you look at this child, they do nothing. You know what children do at that age? They just suck the life out of you. You have to clean up their messes. They barf all over everything. They poop over everything. And then you wipe their butts. You have to do everything for them, everything. There's not one thing they can give you. All the clothes that they have on their backs, everything they have is yours. Everything. And all the parents are like, uh-huh. Everything. They don't give you a thing. And we love, and we look at them, we're like, I love you so much. You give me so much. No, they actually don't give you anything. <laughs> right? And, they, and, it's, and, and Jesus is using this as the analogy. If you really think about it, they just take, take, take from you, and they don't pay you back. And most of the time, if you have a little older children, they're very ungrateful. You have to tell them to say thank you, which is really you thanking yourself. Say thank you. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. I always find that weird. 
Oh, okay. I know you're trying to train them. Say, thank you, Brittany. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Right? How weird is that? But we do it because we want to train them so they can say thank you on the spot when you call for it. Yeah? Thank you. Okay, very good. That's how good my child is. I just want to let you know how thankful and grateful my children are compared to your children, Patty. Right? It's in us. That's how we do. And, and it's crazy because they're messy, helpless, selfish. They throw fits. And Jesus says, serve them. People who can give you nothing in return. People you feel, if you would be honest, are below you. Oh, I don't feel that way. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Be a servant of all to all. No one in this room would say, I don't believe in serving, John. Maybe someone. I, I'm sure there's someone, right? But we all have people who are that we are unwilling to serve People we view irresponsible. They're irresponsible, John. I don't want to just continue their reckless behavior. I do not want to help them. Or people who are self-righteous. I just need to teach them a lesson. They're so self-righteous. I just want to break them down for the Lord, right? I don't want to encourage that. But if Jesus took your list of what you are, you know, your list of things that they have to be, who deserves your kindness, your grace, your help, guess who would not be on that list? You. If we would rank people and judge people based on how we do it, we would not even make it on our own list. Because all of us, we're messy. We're jacked up. At some point in our lives, we have lost our minds, right? We are too far from God. We are lustful. We are bitter. We are unforgiving. We are religious. We are broken. We're like children. We are messy. And no one, not one, it says in the Bible, are good or righteous. We cannot get to God. So Jesus got to us. That is the cross. Give, give God praise. That is the cross. That is what we're celebrating. Because on Friday, on the Easter week and on this Passion Week, Jesus went to the cross. And when we think about the cross, we, we think about all oh, this sacrifice, this sacrifice. But it is God's view of what we see. It's God telling us, you could not come to me. You could not get to me, so I got to you. You were too messy, so I had to clean up your mess. You were too sinful, so I had to take on your sin. You could not be justified, so I had to justify you. You couldn't, so I could. And he became a servant of all. Verse 37 says, And whoever receives one child, those who cannot give back anything in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Because you finally get it, that what I did for you, loving you, when you least expected it and least deserved it, is an act of God. It is divine intervention. When you love people, when they least expect it and least deserve it, it is an act of God. That is what it means to be a servant of all. That is our salvation in a nutshell. You are them who you think that don't deserve your grace. And you know the truth is we don't deserve any grace. Grace is a free gift of God that none of us deserve. None of us could be good enough for. None of us deserve God sacrificing his own one and only son, dying on the cross to save you, to forgive you, to cleanse you. None of us deserve that. That 
is God's salvation. That should bring you joy. When you think of the cross and the gruesomeness of it, the craziness of it, it should turn and you should just meditate on it, but bring you joy because it sets you free. What you could not do, Jesus did on the cross. That's the cross. That's the cross. And when you think about it, you get grateful, man. Something starts to burn in the inside. And when you're filled with gratefulness, that is salvation taking over your life. It is not, I have to do something. It is, I get to. I get to. Thank you for your grace. Truth is, we all know serving's hard. It's supposed to be. We can make excuses why we can't. And they're legitimate. We can make some good, legitimate excuses why we can't serve. Then I, but then I want to ask you, you might be asking, then how can I change, John? Because if you're not naturally inclined to do this, how can I change? How can I, how can, how can I change? I'm glad you asked, right? What the Bible says is we need a new heart, a new way to see greatness. You can't, but Jesus can. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will move from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And what God is doing, he's doing surgery, a heart transplant with new hopes, new desires, and a new way to see greatness. And this is what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus is not an add-on or a method to your happiness. He is greatness. He is your happiness. That's the heart of true salvation. It's not a prayer, but a changed heart, a changed desire, a changed mission with new greatness, not for blessing. I don't want you to seek God for more blessing in your life. I want you to seek God for more of Jesus. That's it. Now, God, I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to be consistent so you can bless me. That's not really seeking God. That's seeking your own agenda, your own kingdom, what the disciples were doing when they were saying, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to follow Jesus as long as I can so he can rank me up in his kingdom. And Jesus is like, man, if you want to be great, look at Ridge. He can give you nothing in return. My greatness is understanding what I've done for you and what I'm doing for you right now. And when you understand that, you can look at people. You can look at people who are like this child, who are messy and can give you nothing in return, and love them with a full love because you understand how much I love you. That's salvation, guys. That's salvation. So you're saying, John, how do we practically do this? Number one, humble yourself daily. C.S. Lewis says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I love it. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. We have to realize that we're proud. Confess it. Fight against it. Pray it. Prayer is reliance on God saying, I got an issue. Think of others more, your wife more, Jesus more, people more. Number two, put yourself second. Put yourself second, right? Eat second. It, eat second, guys. Make sure everyone is served. And if there's nothing left, fine. Man, change our mentality to be second. Open doors, even if it's going to be a minute, like two minutes of people walking through on Sunday mornings. Just open the door. Put people in front of you. Put them in the best situation, even at your expense, right? Serve great. Make people's days. 
Greatness is not something we achieve by trying to be great. Greatness is something we give by making others great. That took a long time to put together, guys. Best Korean pastor in all of Thornton. Greatness is not something we achieve by trying to be great. Greatness is something we give by making others great. Man, chew on that this week. Internalize that. Greatness is not something we achieve by trying to be great. Greatness is something we give by making others great. And number three, look to the cross. The cross is this. A holy son of God became sin so that unholy men can can become sons and daughters of God. That's the cross. The last can be first, and the first is the last. And it doesn't end there. By the power of the cross, we are made new, new hearts, new minds, new spirits, and we seek a new greatness to bring heaven down. That is your purpose. That is your mission. You bring heaven down. Wherever your two feet go, this is from the IF conference, man, that is your mission. That is your place. We bring Jesus. We tell of Jesus. We live Jesus. Hill City Church, lift people up and bring heaven down. Lift people up and bring heaven down. You want to change your workplace? Lift people higher than you at your expense and bring heaven down at your expense. That is the mission of God. He he lifted us up because we could not go up. We could not get to God, and he brought himself down. He put us on his back when he carried the cross. That is the Easter That is discipleship. That is kingdom greatness. Staying close to that. Do this at home. Do it at work. In your marriage. Bring them up and put them and lower yourself so you can bring them up and bring heaven down in your home. Bring heaven down. That's right. Bring, invite people into your homes. Invite your neighbors into your lives. Tell them about Jesus. Show them his, in, in his greatness in you and through you. That is true greatness. Let's stand. Lift people up. Bring heaven down. I know it's not easy. But this is what we're called to. All of us. All of us. He said, Jesus said, if you want to be great, if you want to be first, you need to be last. And I know it doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, as you do it, it makes sense. You know why Kate and Chase love that baby so much? Because they lift him up every day. And the more you lift up someone else, man, a love starts to grow in you. As you lift someone up, that's where love really starts to grow. That's what it means to be a servant of all. That is God's greatness. Don't miss it. You want to be great in this world? Lift. I know our world tells us the exact opposite. Man, get people below you. You have to beat everyone out. I'm not telling you not to work hard, but on your B, you, you want to be the best man, like employee in the workplace, make everyone else great. Make them great. Cover them. Help them. Point at them. 
Man, because you, what you're doing is you're bringing the kingdom of God wherever you are. If you sit there and you join in with everyone else when you're at home, you sit there and you join in and you complain, you fight each other and you look back and you're like, this is petty. You know, that's what the Bible was saying about this, these disciples. But Jesus uses this moment and says that your search for greatness is not wrong. I put it in you. But you, it's, I'm going to refocus it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today, God, speak to us. Imagine if our church did this, God, that we really believe that we can bring heaven down, God. that we lifted people up and we bring more of Jesus down, what you said. We become servants, God. God, do surgery in our hearts. It starts with our confession, God. We have to confess our sinfulness, and then we have to ask for help in humility to say, my way isn't working. I'm exhausted, God. I got everything that I want around me, but I still feel exhausted, broken. I need more than this, God. Help me, Jesus. Change my heart. Then God, move us into accountability and community. Don't do life alone. We need one another. And then thirdly, God moves us into mission, his mission, his mission. Confession, community, mission bring heaven down. Heavenly Father, we descend into greatness, God. I believe you're speaking to our hearts right now, but we descend into greatness, God, and we decide to serve, Lord, not because it's best for us, God, because it's best for someone else, God. It's best for them, God. I pray we stop the mindset of what is in for me, God, and we take on the mindset, Lord, if I, I believe greatness is in lifting people up so they can be great. God. Let that be our desire this week and through our hearts and as we invite people into this place for Easter, God, we lift them in prayer. We lift them with an invitation. God, not so we can fill this place, but I believe they are most open during this time just because of tradition, God. And if they can hear the message of Jesus, Lord God, that's what we want. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said... Thank you guys for being here. Man, give God praise. This week, think about it. Descend into greatness. God bless you guys. Get to know one another. Get to uh, the guest center if you're new. Thank you. God bless you.